Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast, video edition on a very big week for Michigan football, obviously. Michigan, Ohio State, high noon at the big house, and uh, nobody better to come in and talk about this week mm. and this game than Tom Crawford, our uh, longtime friend and uh, longtime follower of Michigan and Ohio State. Welcome back to the podcast, Tom. I'm doing fantastic, JP. I'm excited. Um, I I think you're going to be flabbergasted in my prediction, uh, but we'll hold on to that. Um, but I'm I'm feeling it, baby. I'm feeling it. Good things on Saturday at noon on Fox throughout the entire nation. It will be the highest viewed college football game of the year, no doubt about it. All right. Well, let me ask you this about the, the series of late, because obviously everybody knows the numbers. Everybody knows how it's gone for Michigan and Ohio State, and that hasn't been uh, well for Michigan, obviously. You have been around this series long enough, and certainly I have, to remember the, uh, the days when you woke up on this uh, Saturday morning and it felt like uh, Christmas morning or whatever, uh, one of your most exciting days of the year because it was um, – you, you knew it was going to go right down to the wire, whether it be 10-year war or the 80s or the 90s when Lloyd Carr's teams were pulling these uh, upsets at times on Ohio State teams that were favored. And certainly it was uh, the back and forth. We have not had that uh, for way too long. And my question to you is – has that feeling been lost a little bit over the past couple of decades? And does this have a this team have a chance to uh, rekindle some of that? Yeah, it, it this this team does, and it's got a different feel to it. We've talked about it throughout the season. Um, I you know I w- I woke up on you know uh, November twenty second, nineteen sixty nine, as an eighth grader, and headed down to Ann Arbor and saw the greatest upset in in college football history at the time. Uh, they were 17, 18 point underdogs, and they beat the, the Ohio State Buckeyes, which was prescribed to be able to beat the Minnesota Vikings at that time. I mean, that's the the level it was. And I saw that miracle, saw a lot of great things happen in the 70s, 80s, 90s. We know about all that, the 2-10-1 era. Um, but the last 10 years has been a nightmare. And you're right, it has been lost. I've picked Michigan to win this in the, since 2011. I picked them to win that game. I've only picked them to win twice during that time. One in 16, where they actually won the game, in my opinion. And the other was in 18, when things were looking good going in and the thing got totally unraveled and they lost, what, 56 27 or whatever. So, but um, this this has a, a special feel to it. I'm feeling some magic uh, happening in the corner of the stadium in Maine again at noon on Saturday, John. Okay. Um, I will say this when Michigan fans were watching a week ago, waiting for. Uh, or several days ago, waiting for um, the Michigan-Maryland game. They, they got a, a little taste of uh-oh when you're watching the first half of that Ohio State-Michigan State game, and Michigan State was absolutely taken apart by the Buckeyes, 49 to nothing in the first half. Basically, Ohio State packs it in after that and just says, okay, we we proved our point. Your thoughts as you were seeing what they did to a team – that, uh, uh, according to the the papers, beat Michigan. <clears throat> yeah, according to the papers. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't. You know, a lot. Of, I know a lot of my fellow, fellow Michigan fans were. 
you know, uh, oh, God, this is daunting. I don't even want to watch this game. I can't imagine what's going to happen next week. I'm going to tell you what. This was a perfect storm of what happened. 49 nothing, 501 yards total offense in the first half. Uh, receivers get those incredible receivers getting separation in the red zone. Have you seen so much red, uh, separation in the red zone running crossers and post corners as you saw? I mean, it was crazy, John. It's an indictment on that ridiculously bad Michigan State secondary, a team that has been playing with fool's gold all season long. You know it. I know it. Uh, the Nebraska game, that was a gift. The Indiana game in Bloomington was a gift. October 30th, a big old Christmas gift. This, I mean, hey, they've accomplished a lot of stuff. My hat's off to them. But this was a mismatch going into this game. I knew it. You knew it. A street fight, Mel Tucker said? No. It was a street beating, and it could have been a lot worse. Okay, so so given all that, tell me this. What are the areas where, uh, you know, you were talking about separation in the red zone. We, we've seen way too much separation uh, the last couple times that Michigan and Ohio State has played uh, between defenders and receivers. Tell me what Michigan will do much better against the Buckeyes in this game to uh, to make it a game. Well, I'm going to be Captain Obvious here and talk about those bookend DNs, obviously, uh, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. And, and you know, it's funny, CJ Stroud, I watched the presser after the game. He says, I was just chilling back there, okay? Chilling. Because Michigan State provided absolutely no pass rush in that game. When you let that young man get that much time and just chilling, you know, back there and pick out those great receivers. Uh, when you combine that with that terrible secondary, I mean, why are we actually surprised at what happened down in Columbus last Saturday? I, I'm really not. Maybe, you know, the perfection of it and the, the never having the ball hit the ground was kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, so that's the difference. That's a difference maker. And also the other thing, John, is that I think Michigan will be capable with a running game of running, getting some clock, time off that clock, ball control between, you know, with a balanced attack. We've heard it all the time. A lot of the experts say Michigan is the best complete team, most complete team in the Big Ten. They might not be the best, but they might, but they're they're the most complete. And being complete is what's going to keep Michigan in this game and potentially win this game on Saturday. And I agree with you. This has to be the biggest day of the season for Aiden Hutchinson. And uh, for his compadre at the other end of the line, uh, that uh, these guys have been so, so good all season long. David Ajabo uh, having the strip sack that should have uh, sealed the the uh, Michigan State game. Aiden Hutchinson falling on it, but they have they can put a ton of pressure on the quarterback and make him much more uncomfortable. Do you not think that part of defending Ohio State, however, has got to fall on the other side of the line. It's not all the defense because the more that Ohio State team is not on the field, again, we've heard it as a cliche, but it's your best defense of all. And that means, to me, uh, an Ohio, a Michigan offensive line that steps up and plays its best game of the year and allows for uh, – Longer drives, uh, deliberate time, some some time-consuming efforts out of this offense to shorten the game 
and limit what Ohio State is able to do explosively on offense. I, I could not agree with you. <clears throat> I could not agree with you more, JB. And when we look at those metrics, you know, Cade McNamara, oh my God, he only he only uh his uh you know yards per completion is like eight yards. So be it. That's perfect. We don't need explosive plays. I mean, they're nice and everything, but you want to keep that Ohio State offense off the field, just like you said. You wanna you wanna occupy the football and just run that clock down. Try to get six, eight minute drives, maybe even more. Bo Schembechler had nine minute drives, I remember it sometimes and convert on third down and just right, keep them off the field because that's how they're going to be. That's how they're going to get beat. But I, I'm telling you what, that O-line, you're right, though. That is, that's huge. And one thing that I'm really concerned, I, I like the idea with Cade being in there because of what I just said about, about how he, he's a methodical down-the-field kind of quarterback, not an explosive down-the-field. But he cannot be throwing footballs in the back of his lineman's helmets. Because if he's not, if it's not going to be his back of his own lineman's helmets, it's going to be that D line that Larry Johnson, that that D line coach, that terrific D line coach at Ohio State, is teaching his kids just like he did at Penn State. Hands up all the time. Count the times that uh, Ohio State batted the ball down on Peyton Thorne. It's going to be a nightmare if 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 K does not work on that trajectory with his with his delivery and this sidearm stuff is going to be an absolute disaster. Just as why Jim Harbaugh was pretty pissed off at him on the sidelines after that one series. We've seen throughout the year Michigan's running backs uh, have really, really good games. They've uh, there have been a couple games where they've been held in check a little more. But when you think about uh, Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum, potentially, where you you would think if he's able to play at all, and he dressed last week, he would play. And even Donovan Edwards, who showed a, an amazing ability to catch the football and be a weapon in that way, how well do you think that that group can impact this game against an Ohio State defense that has had its ups and downs over the course of the year? Uh, obviously, huge. I mean, I mean, and you need multiple running backs. Uh, I think in this game, and multiple arsenal to match the multiple arsenal parts that Ohio State has. Donovan Edwards, I tell you what, on that, you know, on that touchdown, that 77-yarder he caught coming out of the backfield. I mean, this is a fluid runner when he gets the ball. I mean, you for a freshman to do that, the vision that he has, a very visionary uh, runner, ball carrier when he gets the ball. I I would try to get him on the field with Hassan Haskins. I'll put him in the slot. I don't know. Figure it out. I mean, this is a I mean, this is throw the kitchen sink at at the opponent week, isn't it? I mean, what else do you have to play for? I mean, this is it. And you haven't beaten him since 2011, and this is the time. And so uh, this is the time to be creative, empty the playbook, figure it out, and and use all use it all. And uh, I I was really impressed by by Donovan Edwards. I didn't know he had some of that stuff in him. A very competent young man, and I think he's going to be a big part of the equation on Saturday, John. I think he should be. I think after you saw what he can do in uh, in an open space that he has to be incorporated into this thing. And so so let me play this game with you. Uh, if, if we're to see Ohio State do to Michigan what it's done all too often in recent years, how does that look? What will happen? And then we're going to flip it around. But if, if this game goes uh, thoroughly Ohio State's way, what – 
where where's that going to come from? What are we going to see happening on the field? Well, I think for for that to happen, Michigan's Michigan's going to have to help Ohio State, and that's turning the ball over. I mean, if they start turning the ball over, what could happen? What happened in Michigan State could happen to Michigan, but I just don't think they they will. I, I, I if, if Michigan doesn't turn the ball over, keep them down to a one one turnover limit or something to that regard, uh, and don't make any mishaps in special team play, they're going to be in this game. It's going to be a fourth quarter game. I truly believe that. There's something different about this team and the camaraderie. The other thing different this year, John, in all the years you've covered. Michigan football for over 30 years, all good Michigan Big Ten champion teams had play players emerge late in the year, kind of coming out of nowhere kind of guys. You know what I mean? Or playing their best ball at the back end of the season. DJ Turner is a perfect example. All of a sudden, where did this guy, you know, come from? Rod Moore, where did he come from? You know, you're getting guys stepping up. That has been sorely missing from this program the last few years when Ohio State's been drubbing Michigan, J.B. Mm, okay. Well, then then flip that script. I know one element that you're talking about. You're saying if Michigan doesn't turn it over, it can be in this game uh, into the fourth quarter and, you know, who knows. But in addition to that element, which Michigan's done a very good job with this year, what else would will we be seeing? If Michigan has that crowd on the edge of its seats and uh, is giving Ohio State even more trouble, say, than Penn State did. Well, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the crowd because I've been thinking about that all week because I remember certain crowds in Ann Arbor when Ohio State fans did not dominate uh, their presence. And they're an aggressive bunch, let's be real. Uh, so you want to you you be standing. I mean, this has got to be – I've been at Texas OU games – where everybody in the, in the stand, they stand the whole game. This has got to be a crowd that stands the whole freaking game and stays with their team even when things go bad. They got to stay with them. That's going to be huge. You got to make that a home field advantage when Ohio State comes in there, I think, and, and not giving up on this team. I think that is, that's a, 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 a big part of the equation. The other thing is uh, special team play. I mean, uh, you know, uh, punting game's got, you know, Robbins, it's got to be spot on. Everything's got to be spot on. Uh, Jake Moody's got to, you know, if if, the, if they have to resort to red zone field goals, and I hope those are limited. I, I see those limited to two. Two field goals is what Michigan's going to be limited to. to uh, I don't think they're going to have to kick anymore. They all got to be perfect. I mean, this is the kind of team, and it's not that Ohio State is that this is the best team they've had, JB. This is a, in fact, I think this, the, this is the worst team since 2011, to be honest with you, as good as they are as far as incomplete because their defense is suspect. So, But I think they got to be flawless in special teams and not make any errors in that regard. Well, that's fascinating because uh, you've got – I want to talk about the coaches for, the, for a minute. You've got one that hasn't lost the Big Ten game. You have another that um, people are waiting for the breakthroughs in these uh, – in these rivalry games, certainly, uh, Jim Harbaugh hasn't beaten Ohio State, and uh, he's dipped under 500 against Michigan State. Talk about where the perspectives are on these coaches coming into this one. Well, um, you know, I, I watch. I'm a big sideline watcher, and I've watched that Ohio State uh, bench with through the through the binoculars from the press box where you and I are up there, and they they look like an NFL team. They they're they're so 
professional of what they do, you know, and they don't get rattled. I think this Michigan, I think this Michigan team uh, cannot get rattled. They got to stick with them and, and be poised and stay together. All that unity we've talked about. But what I think the biggest thing that Jim Harbaugh has to do is to be less predictable than he ever has his entire career. There was a couple series that Michigan did a three and out against Maryland. It was run, run, pass, run, run, pass. So it can't be run, run, pass, and punt in this game. It can't. They have to throw on first down. They got to incorporate J.J. McCarthy, as I've said throughout the season, and because uh, he can threaten that defense in some regards, obviously, more than Cade McNamara. Is I know we're concerned about, oh, he's going to turn the ball over, this and that, and the other thing. You're going to have to take that chance if you're going to compete offensively with Ohio State. All right. That 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 might be our one point of uh, divergence so far on this because, <laughs> because you know you're you're on the one end we're saying Michigan can't make mistakes and cannot turn the the football over and uh I get all of the upside of JJ McCarthy and I appreciate him very much but if you get into gunslinger mode and he's scrambling and uh delivers one that winds up in the other team's hands I I, I worry about that one well, how many times has he done that? I mean, what we're, I mean, you're doing like we all do. We, we're kind of like this, we're all just like predisposed into thinking that J.J. McCarthy equates problems. I mean, how many times did he fumble the ball? And we talk about that exchange that he had with Blake Corman in Michigan State game. Our ball said that wasn't his fault. I mean, I, I think it's just we all do that. He's He's young, so he must make mistakes. And I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. And besides the fact, I think you're going to have to gamble with that aspect if you're going to compete with this team. Do you want to go conservative? I mean, Kay McNamara gets happy feet. Kay McNamara throws off the back of his feet. Kay McNamara rams the ball the back of his lineman's uh, helmets. We saw, we've seen that all season long. So why is it such a huge gamble when Kay McNamara is not a perfect quarterback? I've never understood that over the last few weeks, quite honestly. I mean, my answer to that would be Cade McNamara with two interceptions through an entire season of of pretty much every down football. And, uh, you know, we did see – you. and I get the, the exchange. That was – Jim Harbaugh seemed to put that more on uh, Blake Corum. But uh, we had a, a, a fumble near the sideline before that happened, and that was – That was uh, one. That's one. Yeah, that was one. All right. Well, I mean, we've, we've got a, about a minute left. Uh, give it to me. Uh, how's this one going to go? <laughs> oh, it's going to go great, John. We're all going to, you know, the fans will come on. To, it's going to be a 34-28 victory for Michigan. The two field goals, the difference from Jake Moody, and it's Michigan's defense stalling out Ohio State on their final attempt because Ohio State's going to get the ball late in the game, and we're going to, oh, my God, here we go. We're going to lose 35-34. They're going to make a stop about midfield, about the 40-yard line, 50-yard line of Ohio State in that area. They're going to make a stop, four down, take a knee, game over, on to Indianapolis, go the Wolverines. How about that? You heard it here first, folks. Michigan <laughs> with the thriller win over Ohio State. Uh, we'll be back to talk to Tom Crawford later if he wants to take a bow. And, uh, Tom, as always, thanks for being with us. It's always a pleasure, John. It's an honor to be on the Wolverine Podcast. Until next time.